Welcome, crew, to What Are Your Three, a Channel 3 podcast where we take a member of the Channel 3 community, discuss three games of their choosing, go through honorable mentions and other video game topics to have a nice little video game discussion. I'm Dan Tucker, and with me as always is L. Ray. Everyone, today's guest is someone you've seen on Channel 3 a whole bunch. Not a stranger here, part of actually the comedian population. If you didn't know, we have a couple comedians going around here. The co-host of Triple Dare, you can see them actually with the co-host Brian McGinnis on the Playable Characters podcast. It is Danny over here. Danny Aarons, how are you doing today? Hey, uh, I'm doing pretty well. Yeah, no, I'm happy to be here. I've been doing my research, been listening to the episodes, a lot of good stuff, and uh, I'm ready to I'm ready to choose my three. Well, you sent us your three, and I'm gonna get right into it because I'm very excited right. for the first game. I'm glad here. you mentioned that because I did technically already choose my three. It's I true. made it seem like I was about to do it on the spot, but I did definitely prepare. <laughs> you prepared, and then I tried to prepare uh, for your preparation, and because this first game, I'm super excited. It's a good way to Talked go about, about it, it yet, right? I feel like that's an uncut uh, Mary Poppins song. Is I, I like to prepare to prepare. And I prepared. I prepared to prepare for game number one, Super Smash Brothers Melee, the yes. second iteration of Super Smash Brothers in two thousand and one. Why Super Smash Brothers Melee, Danny? Let's just start there. If I may, just as an introduction, I want to clarify that like these three games that I picked are not necessarily my favorite games. I just want to say it, like, clarify, because I, I part of why I like this show is some people come to it with different mentalities. Sometimes it's like the top three games that they're playing at the moment. Sometimes it's the top three games of all time. Like sometimes though, it's what I'm doing, which is saying these are the three games that I think influenced my philosophy towards gaming the most and my approach and like i guess experience with gaming as a whole all right? all right so tell me tell me how melee affects your philosophy in gaming so it's 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 uh <laughs> yeah, sorry cut this i was gonna say it's very um What's the word should I use? Yeah, cut this, cut this, cut this. The more you say cut this, Danny, the more I'm going to leave it. The more I think that, the more I think you're going to leave it. No, it's totally fine. Um, uh, uh, I just was saying it sounded pretentious. The more I'm like reflecting on what I said, but I'm saying that th these games influenced me for sure. So, uh, Smash Melee. So I, I, I was born in 1990. All right, so I, I kind of grew up in the tail end of like the arcade era i think and the beginning of like the console era in like kind of almost the renaissance with the n64 playstation 2 and all that sort of stuff and i did not have a console growing up my parents did not want me to have a console we were one of those families that rented n64s from blockbuster and uh, I'd get to play them like on a weekend sort of basis. And like, it wasn't anything where like my, my parents necessarily like hated gaming. It wasn't anything like that. It was more like they just didn't want to buy a console because then like it's an investment thing, you know, where it's like you get one console, right? Then you have to get four controllers and then you have to get like all these games. And it's like builds upon and builds upon and builds upon it. Point is, is that uh, one summer I was finally old enough to work my first job. And it like my parents said that if I wanted a gaming console, like I had to earn the money for it. Like I had to buy it myself. First gaming console I ever purchased was the GameCube. And it was almost entirely because of Smash Bros. Melee. Like uh, I, I worked as an umpire. 
had children throw balls at me for an entire summer. Like I, I had like people throw bats. I had like middle-aged people just yelling at me. And I will say one of the, like, like I still almost get off on this moment. When I was like 13, I got to tell a like 45, 50 year old man, like get out of the game. Cause he was just like yelling and he was drunk. I got to tell someone like either you leave or the game ends right here. And the dad was like, just so competitive. He's like, no, no, no. And he left. Cause he was like, my kid could still bring it back. Point is, is that like, and, and also that kid, like the kid of that dad literally threw a baseball, got stuck in my umpire's mask, like threw it so hard, got stuck in the visor of it. But is, I mean, the dad was definitely an emotional terrorist. Point is, is that I went through a lot of hot days. I worked, that's the thing is like melee, melee, like help me understand capitalism. Like there's a lot of layers that may, but most of all, okay. You can maybe edit this in and stuff. I don't know. But I also like, I don't know if you remember this, but there was this weird like post arcade point and like, it still kind of exists now, but where they have the demos in stores, sure. like that was such a big deal during like my, my adolescence of just like, it's like they weren't arcades because you didn't have to like put coins into them anymore. Right. But you did have to like wait in line as like, you know, like a dozen kids were in front of you and everything. And I would, no matter the like errand, no matter the thing, if my parents were like getting a toy for like a, a nephew or niece or like some second, third, fifth cousin, I would go to Toys R Us with them. I would most often go to Circuit City with them because they were like getting broken, like whatever, getting things fixed. Point is, is that I would go there because Bowser. Like Bow like the idea that Bowser was in melee, like I grew up with the first uh, first smash, and like I just it became an obsession of just like I, I I just needed to get more of this game. And so that really like drove me that summer to like earn money to like get this thing. Uh, so it not only like kind of taught me this weird competitive nature to like just putting in your time uh, like work wise, but also like getting into the grind as a player. Melee was my first tournament that i ever did I, I i actually like got second place in a tournament for uh smash bros it was it was a school dance tournament dan's like when widen his eyes it wasn't anything like huge but like the only reason i got second place and i'll, I'll be honest about this is because i missed the last round <laughs> like I, I went out and uh i hung out with friends at the dance i had my first dance so i had a good time and i think like melee kind of taught me a lot about competitiveness and like putting in your time, but also like kind of in that weird moment at that dance taught me like, this isn't everything. Like, like, you know, like, uh, you could, if you get focused on it too much, I would have maybe missed that dance. You know, I would have maybe missed like a bunch of jokes and moments and everything. And, uh, I also still, I still wish I just won the game. I still kind of wish that I just won first place. I had it. I had it. I had it. It was so good. I, Young Link, I cannot, I cannot even, like, I was so, I, I had it. I could have just, I would give up that dance. I'd give up all those reactions, interactions. I'd give them all up. No, it was a good night. It was a good night. So you, you, you kind of brought it up, but intentional or not, and I don't know how intentional this is, because I feel like Nintendo tries to avoid uh, this kind of stuff. But Smash Brothers 64 was really a, kind of this happy-go-lucky game, the commercial you know, with these characters skipping around and, it, you know, Yoshi starts... Oh, someone trips. I think Yoshi trips Mario or Mario trips Yoshi. One of them started this war that's been going on forever. But it's just this funny game. That, and then Melee comes out and it becomes 
one of the most competitive games out war. there. There's war. I mean, Very there's quickly. people today. People today are to still swear that this is the top iteration of the game, and there's no other version that's competitive except this one. I'm not part of that team, but there are people that believe in this. So, nah, were, I'm, I, I, were you competing? Like, I know you did that tournament. Was this like, oh, I'm going to get my friends, and we're going to play one-on-one, and we're going to battle it out over and over again? Or you, it's, was it still just like, you know, you put the party game on, you're having a good time with it. How was like, How are you playing this game? First of all, 100% agree with what you're saying about the first smash the first smash like in retrospect almost feels like quap like it feels like a meme like it feels like something where it's like oh what if these like you know eight oh, how many i don't know like eight to a dozen different characters like just shared a little space and were able to zap each other and stuff and craid was there in the background for one of them and like you know like it, it feels like this weird sort of metaverse sort of meme sort of thing that like almost could have ended there like it almost could have just been like this weird classic. But then again, melee, which like it, get, I think melee, why it excites me and why it excited mo- most people is that you thought that Smash was over, and that melee told you we're gonna keep expanding this. Like this isn't the first, like this isn't the last one. Like the last one wasn't the last one, and this isn't the last one, and we're gonna keep adding people to this. And that is, I mean, honestly, it's the most exciting thing about any like smash game is just like uh, the variety is the variety of like you know like mortal Kombat doesn't offer this you know it, i mean it's, a, it's essentially just like a fighting game like it's an evolution of fighting games and everything and it offers something that these fighting games are trying to compete with now you know like mortal Kombat games are trying to add like the joker they're trying to add spawn they're trying to add all these different things and like i don't know it's all it's all influenced i think by smash now like yeah, I don't know. I'm just saying, like, I think that is the most exciting thing, and Melee kind of set that promise, and also delivered on it. Like, gave a lot of what you actually wanted, with a lot of stuff you didn't know you wanted, you know? So, on on the other side, the other thing they added was, like, a mini story mode. Kind of a, it was a precursor. Yeah. To, it's a precursor to Brawl, which, the the Subspace Emissary is still the greatest story that they've done mm-hmm. in their Absolutely. games, right? That, that story mode was, was like, oh, wait, hold on. Like it's not just a fighting game. Like I can, mm-hmm. we can put a mini adventure to it, right? Like that's. Just... I don't know. I also like want to talk some like because there's so much game theory stuff. I want to talk about like what is coming next for Smash because like I think they're just gonna keep. How much time do we have? Because I, I really want to talk about how like I think Smash Ultimate might be the last Smash game, but I think it's gonna be a living game. I think they're gonna treat it like Fortnite from now on. But you have to buy in to play it, sort of. Thing. Like it's just instead of like having the page of characters expand, just flip to page two, you know, and then you got eighty new characters there. You know, hey, listen, like I- I'm watching Sakurai's YouTube videos about making games, trying to figure out. Like I- I'm I'm watching it. Like I'm trying to to break down the, the Zodiac killers. There's, there's a hidden code. There's a hidden message. Code within the code. Within the code. Yeah, yeah. and and I, I, he might just be done. I, I, so he, my- but I'm also willing to believe the same thing about Mario Kart. Like they might just be done. Like they might just be done with Mario. Like it's literally an infinity symbol. Like I feel like they're trying to just be like, we're done with them. We're, t- we're uh, like, we need to do other stuff before we die. Like we, we just need, like there's other things we can do that are better. And like, I'm excited if they're tossing out smash bros, what's in their mind for what's next, you know? 
Like, were, that's exciting. There were points going through the pandemic and Sakurai doing the character introduction videos where I'm pretty sure someone was sitting off camera with a gun pointed at him. There were times where it seemed like he was having fun, and there were times where I definitely thought they were holding his family hostage. And don't say what it might it might be the same way, like you said Whatever with Mario Kart. Whatever you don't <laughs> yeah. yeah. It might be like Mario Kart though, where don't say it, it took eight years for Mario mm-hmm. Kart eight. I mean, I, I you know, there was a time in there where they had the additional courses back in the Wii U, but for all intents and purposes, it took eight years to get to additional tracks, and guess what? I'm fine with that. If they take, you know, 2025 comes around and suddenly they show up and like, hey, Fighter Pack 3 is here. I'm in. Let's go. Yeah, I don't, I don't need a 100%. new game at this point. All right, let's wrap this. Let's wrap Melee up with, I'm, I'm getting less and less competitive as these questions go. I, I oh. went from ultimate competition to story. Here's the last one. Were you, did you ever do any of the funny glitches that Melee had? Because they had so many. The, the one popular one was the black hole glitch. That's, that's the one that I always think of. The ice climber one? No, but if you have an ice climber one, that's exciting. Mine has to do uh, with the the laser cannons and uh, reflect shields. Nah, I couldn't do the glitches and stuff. Like, just uh, honestly, like I, I'll talk about this later. But I have a tactile thing with my hands that I like had to like. I always had issues with like, especially fast sort of things. Um, but. I really respected any time I could see people who were like pulling those things off, like where it's like a little bit of people can't see my fingers, but I'm going now. That will describe my fingers. We'll get to we'll get to that when I cover games three slash three A and three B. Yeah, yeah. Join us on the Bucket and Hoosier Show, the podcast that's all about community and competitive Rocket League. If you're new to Rocket League, it's a high-flying, fast-paced game that combines soccer with rocket-powered cars. It's a game that's easy to pick up, but difficult to master. And that's where our guests come in. We're talking about the best of the best in the Rocket League community to learn about their journeys, strategies, and tips for success. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, we've got something for everyone. So sit back, relax, and join us as we explore the exciting world of competitive Rocket League. Join us live Monday evenings at twitch.tv forward slash Bucket and Hoosier and follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts to catch past episodes. Be sure to hit the follow and notification button so you know when new content has been posted. All right, so let's move on to game two. So we go from Super Smash Bros. Melee to Halo 2. Now, Halo. Halo 2. Now, is this on the list because it's the best Halo ever? Or is it on the list... Because, as you said, it made an impact on how you view gaming. Both. Uh, I'm just so glad you said that because, like, I wanted to say that, but I was like, is this too controversial? Like, the only game that I could say, like, kind of, or like, maybe it's on par is like Reach, but Reach is really not Halo 2. Halo 2 is especially because people now get updated Halo 2, which is very different. Then console release Halo 2. Like, one of my favorite things about Halo 2 is that it is extremely polished and then also is full of glitches that will blow your mind. Like, like there's little things that it's like, you know, like Halo 2. Uh, wait, I, I don't want to interrupt your question. Were you about to get into that? Because, like, no. I'm saying that, like, yes. Yes and yes is what I'm saying, first of all. It's just like, yes, it is the best one. And yes, it definitely influenced how I approach gaming. Go off. Let me hear it. Let me hear all about it. I mean, honestly, like, I think 
gosh, because that's the thing. It's like I went into Halo 2 like being kind of competitive, right? And I like, you know, kind of approach with like a straightforward shooter, like shooter. Sorry. I went into Halo 2 kind of being like competitive and approach it like a straightforward, you know, sort of shooter. Uh, and as you kind of play it, I think it kind of teaches you to have fun with the game, like not just have fun with the objectives, but have fun with the game. Like I had equally as many fun times with this game, like doing what I was supposed to do as I did doing what I was not supposed to do. I remember there was this one point my friend Steve and I were hanging out. And we, we may or not, we, we, we may or may not have been entirely sober. That's not the point. Point is, though, is, is at one point I threw a grenade at one of my tanks and it just spun into the air. It spun into the air on a point and jumped up a mountain and flew off into the sky. And we just, like, our minds were broken. Our minds were broken. That was part of something, like, that we, that was something we saw in our life. I remember for the the final battle, is it Tartarus? Right? Tartarus? Big old Donkey Kong? What a guy? What's the, the, the final brute? I have to look Tartarus. at this show. I'm sure you're right. Tartarus? It sounds, it sounds right think. to me. I don't remember because I mostly just played multiplayer for this one, so I don't know. You are correct. Oh, you are correct, Tartarus, yes. That's what I'm saying. So, final boss battle, Tartarus. There's this, like, I don't know if it's infamous or not, but there's a long corridor that, because there's, like, this big boss battle arena for this final boss, right? There's this long court, like, you land on this platform, and then there's a long corridor of a holiday, like, a long corridor of a hallway that leads to this final big arena, right? I took a Banshee, which is the alien airplane, and I just broke off the wings, and I just, like... Over the course of probably 30 minutes, like just taking it left or right, I got it down the hallway and I was able to beat Tartarus with an airplane. Like I was able to just cheat the final boss on the hardest mode. And like, that's what I'm talking about is this game is just like, it's messed up. <laughs> it's broken, but it's also like easily the best design. Like I remember jumping on that, what is it, the Scarab? Like, that's still one of my favorite moments in gaming. Like, when you just, like, when you, like, shooting at this giant scarab monster thing, and then you're like, I don't know how I'm going to take this thing down. And then there's a platform, a little bit of ramp, and you're like, yes, I'm going to jump on this thing. <laughs> like, I'm getting, like, Halo 2 absolutely rules for a lot of different reasons, especially with multiplayer, too. Like, how many times did you accidentally kill somebody or, like, somebody blew you up and you ragdolled? Like, it, I think that above all else... In terms of my philosophy towards gaming, Halo 2 taught me both to like the, the value of not only being competitive, but also that like, you know, like scores are sometimes points on a screen, but the laughs that you have or the jokes that you have with friends and those multiplayer things, like those are the things that last forever. Like I might not remember this, like the score that I got in a certain multiplayer match against Steve, but I certainly remember that tank flipping up the hill for no reason and like like there's value i think in games beyond points is what i'm saying and like that's kind of what it taught me like you can still enjoy the competitive side of things while also getting goofy and sometimes hitting someone with a hammer or accidentally throwing like a mine upon yourself and blowing yourself up and like ragdolling across the map for no reason you know i don't know so with the multiplayer um 
was that something that you you played online with because that's where all the kind of the glitchy stuff happened or were you doing were you able to stuff did you have people around you could connect with so that's the thing it's like back in the day back in the day like most often it was straight off my 360 but also i remember legit like youth group nights over at the church where like the parents had gone to sleep and we all brought our 360s and like connected them with different tvs like we're like in the youth center of a different place and throwing grenades at each other and doing all this stuff and like that's like i just think about the actual connection to consoles and doing that i didn't get to do internet as much but i loved every chance that i got like like it's a lot of fun i think though i was at that point where I was on the cusp of it. I think most people at Halo 2 were at the cusp of it because it was new. Like, I I almost wanted to talk with you all about the importance of teabagging with like Halo 2. Like, it was that was a huge deal. It was, it was, it was break, it was groundbreaking. It was groundbreaking. Revolutionary. Revolutionary. I I fully don't think that Fortnite would exist if it wasn't for Halo 2's two like teabagging. I really think that like like again it's that thing of doing the most with what you have like all we had was crouching but it's like it it you knew what it was you knew that somebody crouched on your face after you died you knew it wasn't just them crouch they weren't sneaking anywhere you knew you knew as a thing of shame and like you know even if you didn't have that voice chat you didn't have any of that it's still like goofy with gaming and like you might risk your entire like life there. Like somebody might have you in the scopes of like, you know, their sniper and you're just teabagging and you get sniped and you die. You teabag somebody. So it's like, what really matters here? Like what is the real value? What a perfect transition point to go into games three, game three, a and three B. So you, you kind of snuck two in here and I'm really curious where this is going to go. Knowing, you're, you're kind of toned for this, like you said. Uh, you had Guitar Hero two and three listed here, which I'm okay with. Uh, yeah. I think they they kind of run yeah. they they kind of run together. It's all it's all about just the the Guitar Hero experience. So I'm I'm not judging. I'm just making a joke. Um, fear not. But I, I'm really curious now, knowing in light of this, like you said, we don't give parameters. We say pick three games. We at no point have ever said to anybody, pick your three favorite games, whatever you, you called that out earlier. So now hearing this, yeah, I'm I feeling really pain, want to hear I'm what, feeling pain hearing it. Yeah, I, I'm feeling I want to hear pain even going. hearing Guitar Hero 2. Yeah. I'm feeling pain even hearing Guitar Hero 2. Because it's like it's like like Guitar Hero 3 is my heaven. Guitar Hero 2 is my hell. Like I will say that like right now. I again like so I have a tactile disorder, it doesn't really matter. But the only reason why it matters is because Guitar Hero 2 was like I would go to friends' places and I couldn't do anything. Like I they'd be playing and like completing songs in like expert mode, and I'd be playing in like like what the easiest mode. I don't even know is it juvenile? If it is it infant mode, I don't know. But I'm like and I'm breaking like the entire song like on the easiest mode and it just it it tore me apart like it was something where like friends were playing it at their houses and i was like i not that i was excluded because of it but it was like i want to go like get embarrassed like if that's what the whole night was like like they're playing on the ps2 and i'm like i'm just gonna just wreck myself what point 
one point where I was like, this is the worst problem bombing in a Guitar Hero that I had. I was bombing in a Guitar Hero 2 game and a um, Great Dane, a black Great Dane came up next to the window next to me and it was my friend's dog. But just barked at me right at the window that I was sitting at. And so like, I was just like, ah, and I'm like, you know, a guitar flew out of my hand. I'm glad Plans you clarified that, like, it was your friend's dog. I was more worried it was some kind of like portent of death coming for you. Just some kind of sign from, it, <laughs> from the netherworld they were coming for you. I'm like, where's this going? <laughs> it was an evil, evil Scooby-Doo. It was a Scooby-Don't. It was, it was a dark, dark demon. And the point is, is that it, it, it just like nothing but shame followed me with Guitar Hero 2. So when Guitar Hero 3 came out for the Xbox 360, I bought it immediately. And I just like would practice it. I would practice it and actually like improve my tactile skills, right? So like it, it was not only that this game, like I think that this this game just like kind of taught me, even if the game is dominating you, like don't give up. You know, like if you really want to stick to it and you really want to have fun with it, like keep grinding. Like and I would play the like you know slow stuff with like the easy we got up to the medium got up to the hard got up to the expert and i think one of my favorite moments in gaming was uh there was a sibs weekend for my brother who's in college and like i went to uh sibs weekend he had a frat party and like while all the partying was going on upstairs we just like played guitar hero 3 and like beat the entire game like i think we started maybe halfway through whatever but on hard and like i don't know like that was a great moment that I got to have that I wouldn't have had if I just had like been like, nah, this ain't my thing. You know, if I just been like, uh, well, this, this isn't for me. I can't do this. I can't do this. And like, because I treat it as like, well, I'm going to suck for a while. Like I can suck privately. And then I can like, I don't know. It just allowed me to have a lot of fun in the long term. And, uh, yeah. So again, I think that really influenced me when I, like with my approach to games, I guess, you know, Do you still play this one at all. I say as a guy who was a, a rock band guy and the guitars are still six feet from me right now. <laughs> so I, same. yeah, there's, there's still rock maybe band 12, band. maybe 12 for me. Yeah. Maybe 12 for me. Yeah. Still got to no, break I haven't it out played in a while. I haven't played in a while. I'd love to though. I probably should. Maybe I, I might do that tonight, but so like, uh, Yeah. So what was the top track for you on three? I'm not even going to ask about two. Two, I, two the, the, the Hound from Hell coming for you. Just I'm moving on from that one. And more kind of curious, you know, what was the what was your favorite one on three to play with? And also, like, I'm impressed with how you stuck with it because some of the songs can just get to you. As I was looking at some of the playlists again, because I, I was more of a, a rock band guy. I, I played the drums with rock band. And, I, and like you said, though, I have no musical experience whatsoever. I but I learned how to play drums because of rock band. I maybe if you put a drum kit in front of me because I had like the cymbals and everything, I might be able to play drums for all I know now. But yeah, I, I knew nothing of it. But I it gives you, it, it, yeah. <laughs> but but it also get like legitimately, you might not feel it, but that probably gave you a better sense of rhythm than what you had before. You know, absolutely. Like, uh, you know. So what what was your what was your go to song though for three or what's the one that like you hear it pop up? On the, I'd say on the radio, but that would remind me how much older I am than the two of you, and that the two of you are coming to to bury me again with uh, some of the the comments there. As Danny's going through multiple failed closed businesses earlier that I spent much of my youth in, but <laughs> what's the uh, song you hear now that, that harkens back? First off, if you think you're the only person who feels heartbroken that Circuit City isn't open anymore, you're wrong. 
I, I often just think about it and being like, you dropped Blockbuster, <laughs> Toys R Us, and Circuit City in a period of two sentences. I was like, they're all gone. I was about to say, what is that? Was the uh, where is that little girl I carried? Is that what is that? I think that's uh, uh, Fiddler on the Roof. Anyways, one is uh, Circuit City on the roof. Uh, uh, anyways, cut all that. This cut took it, a turn. No, it's staying. It, it's yeah, it's staying. You can say cut every time you say cut it, cut it, cut it like that. I'm I'm leaving it. Cut so. it, cut it, cut it, cut it, cut it. Uh, but yeah, uh, we were talking about what were we talking about? Um, we were talking about um. Legitimately, what were we talking about? We were talking about what track um, sticks for you uh, when you, you think about oh, this. Right, like, there right, are songs right, right, that right, I hear right. now I, I, that uh, I got lost because because I, I was gonna say like well I was gonna say that like legitimately I have a hard time remembering like what I mastered versus what I loved to like both for Halo Two and for for Guitar Hero Three. I downloaded and found all the discography. Like I bought the album for Halo Two. Cause like that music slaps. Like I would just read comic books while listening, and like uh, you know, and then like listening to Fog Hat, listening to all the stuff with uh, Guitar Hero Three. I feel like the song that I remember love playing the most. God, they're they're really two that come to mind, but I really don't know how well I did on them. I can't say I mastered them up, but the metal by Tenacious D sticks with me, and so does Trogdor. Trogdor forever. Those ones, like, they get me in the gut. The metal, see, the metal, I think of, uh, I think about that. That was in Rock Band also, but I think of Brutal Legend with that one, too. If you ever played that one, the Jack Black. Yeah. Um, I haven't played it, but I've been dying to. I've been, I've been dying to play that game since it came out. And, like, the only way I can find to play it right now is emulation. And, like, I almost, like, I don't want to do that it's to a, Jack it's Black. A right, like, I it's want a to find nightmare. a copy of that game. It's a musical rights it's, nightmare. Yeah, like I, I understand why it didn't get as many sales as it did, but like it should have gotten. It was. Out I, I thought it was popular. I bought that one and played it. No, no, no. no. I meant, for, I meant from the, I meant, I mostly meant from the sales perspective of like, like if it, if it could be remastered right now, it could, it probably would be. You know. Oh like, yeah. Like that's that's more what I mean. It's like, but again, the music soundtrack, rights. soundtrack, purgatory. Playable Characters Podcast, funny interviews with real video game characters. Hi, I'm Calvin Cato. And I'm Brian McGinnis, and we interview video game characters on our show. We have comedians and actors come on and pretend they're a video game character for 30 minutes. We talk to them. It's all ad-libbed and improvised and always very funny. Uh, Past guests include Bowser, Ms. Pac-Man, Q-Bert, Princess Peach, and Princess Daisy. You put them in a booth and uh, something short-circuited, and I decided that someone was taking too long in the money booth. (laughs) And I hit her with a baseball bat. <laughs> and oh. thus was born Super Smash TV. Oh. Just like that. I was being raised by a family of, t- of toadstools. Oh. Um, How is that? Is that, that seems like it might be kind of fun. It know. was, it was really It was really fun. Mario should stick to plumbing. Okay? Okay, he's a very, from what I hear, a good plumber, a terrible hero. Yes. So, I mean, really bad. And, I mean, let's not get started on his whatever he is, uh, you know, Friend, brother, special friend, I don't know, Luigi, <laughs> whatever they're doing. Sure well, that's what they're saying. <laughs> that's what they're saying. They're right. saying they're brothers because, you know, in the uh, Italian-American community, <laughs> these people tend to not look yeah. kindly on certain relationships. If you want to know what's going on in your favorite video game character's life, check us out. Playable Characters Podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts. Yes, comes out every Monday. Danny, on that note, 
We're going to move into the honorable mentions. Three is never quite enough. Well, I obviously saw that as we kind of had the, the two leading into three conversation there, but we go into some honorable mentions at this point in the conversation. The first one here, we're going to stick with the music and we're going to talk about Drop Mix. Uh, you know, more recent release here, Harmonics and Hasbro putting together a little bit of a, a music mixing game. So are we kind of sticking with this theme when we talk about the honorable mentions or, or what's what's kind of the, what are the thoughts here? Honestly, I feel bad. Because two out of the three, like, honorable mentions I'm mentioning, like, cannot be found. Like, Drop Mix is, is a game that the app that it's required for, like, in the uh, App Store, I think has just been deadified. Like, it's, it's, it's done. It's been, like, cremated. Delisted. It's gone. So, like, you either need, like, it's now become officially, like, one of the... Until modders, like, until somebody creates, like, a solution for it, which would be wild, because it would take a lot of work. Like, the only people who have access to this game are people who, bought, who, who like, bought the game and downloaded the app before, like, before it, it was dead end. Still. Like, yeah. Or you have to buy a phone with it on it, you know? Like, there, it, like, became one of the hardest games to get, and that's it's almost like part of why I wanted to mention it, but it's also sucks. Cause like, I, I want to recommend this to people like, but also it's like, it's gone. It's gone. You know, how much did you look up about it? So just understand. So I was going to ask you like, what have you put together with it? Cause it's it, you like oh, take rules. different songs and properties. You mix them together. It seemed like that, that was mostly, I think you were the person who requested it to be added to the channel three library. At which point I was like, 100%. what is this? Because I hadn't known what it was. And part of the reason why we you know, we ask you for your list in advance is so Ray and I can familiarize ourselves for this. I you know, I, I want to take this one because, again, the harmonics, that's someday we're going to get a really interesting narrative about the highs and lows of that company over the last 15, 20 years and the, the guitar hero rock band split and all this other stuff through time. But you know, it seemed like there were a lot of mixes and some of the stuff I was hearing on there is like this, these are crazy that some of these songs are put together here, but you know, just kind of taking things, mashing them together there and, and kind of putting together what you can, you want to. And again, no doubt part of this issue was a, a rights and royalties nightmare. uh, From what I can say is Mm. again, the kind of ongoing joke is Dan's amateur legal hour here. As I can only imagine uh, as again, not a lawyer, but I can only imagine what the rights and royalties for that thing we're doing like it was a balance of you know some of the songs and listings i was looking at i'm like okay i see where they they kind of took you know some popular songs they took some ones that like we could probably get this one for a discount off the shelf over here and and kind of throwing it together in that way so uh, that's what's kind of more curious from you how did this how this end up here and and also what did what did you put together we need to hear not not here because god help us if we start getting copyright strikes but where can we see what what some of this stuff got put together I mean, if you give me about like like two minutes with mic and camera off, like I can go get you what I made of it. You'll, like, you'll have it, to just if you, you'll have to say go, that's going to be the tea. That's okay, going to be the tease okay, for the okay, episode. Okay, I think okay. that'll be. We normally okay, I put like a tease out a couple of days before the episode. That's going to have to be it. So I'm gonna I'm gonna need that for the episode tease. So to to like summarize what this game is, it's kind of a the main reason why I included it because you didn't you all did like some amiibo stuff and like the skylanders and yeah. like you know so yeah, you get the hardware mixed with software stuff. yeah so with this there's almost like again i never watched Yu-Gi-Oh, but i know that they have that like board for the cards so if you imagine that but it's physical 
this isn't going to even do it justice. But the point is, is that it's a DJing game. Like it's an evolution of DJ Hero to the point that it's it's even more accessible and it's it's incredible. But what it allows you to do is like there are different slots for um you don't even have to follow the rules there, but there's like different slots for like you can have your drums here or your beat here. You can have your like bass here. You can have your treble here. You can have your vocals here. You can have this other thing. What it is is it's a game that allows you to be a DJ. It allows you to remix songs. Uh, different you have different cards that you can lay at different spots, and like some are for vocals, some are for some instrument, but they're all for different songs. Is I explaining this right? Because it sounds crazy. From, I understand what, that it sounds crazy. Again, from what I saw from this, like looking at the trailers and looking at some of the gameplay videos, like I, I didn't quite understand what I was looking at because there was like it's like a four card slot holder, right? Like that you drop the four cards into. I think it's five or six, actually. But yeah, is that what it was? Yeah. I, I, I think it's. I think it's five. It might be six. But like, yeah, like, like there's a game that you can play with it. Like, there's sort of like a basic game that's more than it. Like, it's more a tutorial than anything else. But the whole point of the like board is to give you an option to become a DJ. Like, you could fully go to a bar and DJ a set with this board game. Like, and it would sound awesome. The the thing is, is that you play a vocal card, it matches the, like, tempo and the pitch of the song. Like, everything is calculated so that you, no matter what you combine, like, I could have, uh, like, Kid Cudi's vocals with, like, you know, uh, with a bass from MC Hammer, you know, and I, like, it have um, Call Me Maybe sort of, like, violin going on, and all the pitches will match each other. Like, it shifts itself to match whatever set you're doing, so that, like, I've had full parties that I've, like, I've gone to parties, and I've also hosted parties where I bring this thing, and just allows you like everybody can play stuff everybody can do stuff you can take like three cards from like a deck you can like take a full deck you can do whatever you want but allows people like mix it as you go and like you're essentially creating the playlist of the night like in in it part of why i love it is that it's it's not age restricted like i i've done that with like full-grown adults and then i've also like with my nephew like he plays down you know the drums for something he doesn't know what it's tricky it is he doesn't know like jackson's five uh, i want you back sort of thing the vocals but like he plays that and they all mix together perfectly like i i think that's the thing that really makes the game great is that it like takes advantage of i mean what audio engineers do to make hits hits and puts it into a game where you can work with vocals from actual artists and like instruments from actual artists and maybe i'm over explaining it but no it was actually very well explained thank you i mean it rules i'm just saying it like it's 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 like it's like it turns entertainment and djing into a deck builder game and that's what's awesome about it frankly all right, so we're going to go from Lost Gem. So one that I just kind of keeps coming back. I always just came back again. Resident Evil 4. That's the next game on the honorable Ooh, mention list. Now, the remake. I, I want to okay. specify the remake. All right. That now. was, let me tell you, that was the first question on my list. Are we talking about the remake or are we going back to 2000? I mean, it's hard to talk about the remake without talking about the original, right? Which is my way of 
you know, eating my cake and having it too, sort of thing. So like, I've already consumed it. Now I have the cake and I'm still going to enjoy this cake. Point is, is that Resident Evil 4 is, I think, that's the thing. I know it's an honorable mention. And so like, if I were to actually rank, like I told y'all, those were kind of philosophy based. What? Well, sorry, I told y'all that those were kind of like philosophy based. I think I messed up both of those. Anyways, I told you that like those choices were things that like impacted my philosophy towards gaming. If I'm talking about quality, I think Resident Evil Four might be up there in my top three games. Like ironically, like of just you know, well, like my favorite games. I probably played Resident Evil 4, the original, more times than any other game. And so I've been playing through the remake. This was originally going to be my like uh, my future choice, but it crept up on me, crept up on all of us. And uh, now I'm just enjoying it, and it's awesome. And uh, have either of you been playing it? I've only been watching people from Channel 4, I mean Channel 3, got streaming Resident Evil 4. Sorry, I was waiting for Joel to drop the Channel Four logo on the first, but uh, it did not. It did not. It did not happen. Um, but I've been watching people streaming it because Resident Evil Four is one I have not. Um, I will be partaking in this one because I did not like. You not three. played it. I played one and two. I did not like three, and then by the time I got to okay. four, I was like, I don't know what's going what about on the anymore. Remake? And it was also like, what about the remakes though? I, I I I'm going to play the remake for four. Because the original four also came out like a, a dark period for me for gaming. Like, you know, it's one of those periods where I was like finishing college and working two jobs. And when I was in college, I was, you know, working a bunch and finishing college. Like, it just, yeah. I just didn't have time for it anyway. And I'm glad it's out now. And it looks great, too. Like, it looks good uh, from just from a, like, an aesthetic and visual yeah, upgrade it. perspective. So if we go back, because Danny talked about how this game just looks so good. It was a quality game, and it's one of the best games. They made they made five versions, apparently, of this game um, on their way to yeah. making. And apparently, the first version of it, they said, was so far off from what they were doing that they turned it into a new game, and it's known as Devil May Cry. Devil May Cry is apparently the first failed version. The first failed version of Resident Evil 4 is Devil May Cry. They said this is not close enough to Resident Evil. Let's just let's move this off. And they made a new game. And that's that's its own little series that you know people enjoy doing. But that was a failed Resident Evil 4 basically. Before that makes that makes way too much sense. Right? Before that they rolled to Nintendo and said, Hey, like, here, like it, we'll make it for you guys. It would be like if if an entirely different gaming studio put out a knuckles game before knuckles was part of the sonic stuff and it's like i'm pretty sure this character looks a lot like sonic but i don't think it's part of the same thing mm -hmm. like now that you said it like that is leon like that now just you, is never gonna look like yeah you, yeah you just you're never gonna look at it the same again it's not just Capcom also, style. Nope, nope. They just did that. Okay, never mind. They, did, they, they said, hey, yeah, this is too different. So it's a new game. If you get the deluxe version of the Resident Evil 4 remake, first off, there's a character that is just at a class, like, how do you pronounce it? This might be the new SNES versus SNES. I'm not trying to strip any controversy. Say it, say it. But is it Castleva Castlevania or Castlevania? I've never is heard it like Castlevania. You're making this. No, you see, you're, no, just, you're just messing with us. I'm not putting up with this. You're messing I have with always. I, I'm a Midwest kid. I said Castlevania. 
Midwest of where? Heard, that's how we know. Midwest, heard Midwest, Midwest of what? Midwest of hell, baby. Midwest of Romania? Yeah, I don't know. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. There's maybe the next, I get no support. Maybe you know I get that's no the support. Next, that's the I next know, quest. Now say, we need to know if someone else agrees with Danny. Can I, can, can if I there's say, even one, if there's I, even one other, I recognize you know that Castlevania. I recognize that Castlevania is the right answer. I just want to just want to recognize that that is almost definitely. I could be wrong, but I think that's the right answer. I'm just saying. I also thought that cash was pronounced cachet for a long time until my friends laughed at me for eight minutes because they they said I'm gonna. Oh no, it was strafe. I thought strafe was strafe. And uh, to the cafe, and then they laughed for eight minutes at me. <laughs> I accept either of the. I I'm accept saying. either of those over SNES. Yeah, either of those over SNES. Fine. You accept Castlevania over? No, I, again, the, it sounds like I meant I meant strafe and strafe that and, and cash and cachet. Uh, okay, those okay, are okay. Those are but those nobody's, are both. Accepted. Nobody's with me on Castlevania. You're, but nobody's you're, with you're me on Castlevania. Castlevania. No, I stand alone. I stand. All right, here, let me give you another fact. Fair, fair, this fair, is fair, very fair, funny. Fair. This is very funny because Danny's list, on purpose or not, has this thing where Melee, we talked about, kind of has a lot of stuff that games try to follow up today. I mean, people always trying to make up a new way to do Smash Brothers. Halo, you know, as an FPS, has really influenced the way other FPS games went about doing stuff now. Resident Evil 4, you have the over-the-shoulder view, which was, which was odd. It was odd to see kind of a third a weird third person that you're standing on the shoulders, and that influenced a whole lot of games, just like uh, like Gears of War. That's the one that kind of comes when I think of that yeah. over the shoulder view there. So how? I mean, I I wouldn't have thought of it at the time. I wouldn't have played it and thought, "Hey, look, I'm looking at a shooter game from a weird angle," you know. But again, you've you've picked a game that influenced the way other games are made. I honestly wouldn't have thought about Gears of War until you said that because, like the, the I mean, with the console and with the, like what I was working, I mean, with the console and what the game was at the time, I understand with Resident Evil Four where they make you hold the gun and shoot, like where you're not moving mm-hmm. and the villains are coming closer to you here and like just slowly and like so that it was like it's so much better in the remake that you can move around, like the the fact that you can move while shooting is so crucial, but. What I'm saying is, like, with Resident Evil 4, like, something that was, I think, fundamental was how much tension was built when you could not move. And, like, you're talking about gears, that's exactly the same tension that it feels like. You, even if you have coverage, like, you know that you you're, you have to stay there. And, like, if we're, if we're talking about, I mean, there are so many influences, though, with Resident Evil 4. Like, I, I think that one of the best things about Resident Evil 4 also is the embracing of the like, like there's a lot of like when I was like getting into Resident Evil 4 because uh, that was the question right it was just the influence sure sorry I, I just want to make sure I was I was, yeah. I was tracking yeah. the right yeah. thing like when I was 4 was during the height of my like love of B movies like I, I just was getting into those so hard again for Blockbuster but uh, like like it, there's so much gore in Resident Evil 4. There's so much weirdness. There's so much like like there's a, there's a little like two two or maybe three and a half foot like Emperor Man. There's a little Napoleon who's like zombified and he's and he, 
and there's like wolves that have scorpion tails and stuff. Like it's it gets so weird so quick. And also, oh, so I wanted to talk about this. I've been wanting to talk about this. I'm only going to talk about this, especially in terms of how I think it influenced games going out. Uh, sorry, how it influenced games uh, from then on out in terms of side characters. Because I think you guys were talking about. What was it? What was it? Was it uh, escort missions? I feel like that's where this is going. With no, the, uh, the the Tom Holland movie, the, the oh, Tom Holland oh, movie uh, with Uncharted. Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, yep, Uncharted. Yeah, you were talking about how the Uncharted movies, like that, was sort of like Uncharted movies. Uncharted games were like the first sort of games where like the side character who you had to protect wasn't just a drag, you know. And I feel like actually. Kind of changed that because, like, Ashley is such a drag that I think they had to, like, game developers had to adjust how they approached the side characters. Like, she was so bad she like, broke even, it, is what you're saying? <laughs> I, I, I think she legitimately, I think she broke, I think she broke the industry. Even thinking about now, I'm thinking about like God of War, like, it has to be your kid. Like, it's not a president's daughter. Like, Leon doesn't have to care about this person except for this mission that he's on. Like, he has no actual emotional investment at all. And she's the worst. I'm right at there right now with the remake. And, like, she's just as frustrating. Like, you used to be able to leave her in a trash can. And now I have not been able to find a trash can to leave her in. Like, you could just, like, leave her in a dumpster or, like, find a can or find some sort of stay here. And she just won't stay. She's just following me everywhere. And like, I love it. Like that, like, like, like that's, that's great for a game to like, give me that frustration. I hate it. I want to be real. I hate it. But like, that's what the first game gave me. Like, like, especially when I had to pause and shoot and pause and shoot and pause and shoot. The fact that they're increasing that frustration, I think, I don't know, is a nod towards them doing the right thing. You know? Fair enough. Well, let's move back to the GameCube. We're going to talk about a game that you've listed that you would like it to be remade. A game that you have that you feel is your favorite game, though unpopular with the masses. And I, w- I want to ask about that. But Lost Kingdoms 2, a-, a GameCube special here. RPG, not the traditional turn-based RPG, though. So so let's talk about this. So also, uh, I have to mention here for, for Ray, anytime there's anything tangentially related to Elden Ring, it has to come up here. So uh, from software developed this one, uh, makers of Elden Ring and the various Souls like torture games here. Uh, I'm I'm the bigger RPG guy between the two of us. I've not played this one, but there's a lot of interesting stuff here. Again, I'm watching the videos, and you know this is right around the time Kingdom Hearts is going for real time combat, and you see now even with all of the stuff that uh, uh, Square's putting out there with Final Fantasy VII's remake, and it looks like a lot of sixteen fifteen. Uh, but a lot of the real-time combat as opposed to turn-based. But I, I'm yapping on a lot here and trying to figure out, uh, you know, where, where's Lost Kingdoms 2 at here for you? First off, I want—I I don't know if I would say this is my favorite game, but it is the game 100% like to see remade. Like, it, like, the pitch of it that I could give both of you is, like, what if there was a game that combined, you know, like Monster Hunter, Pokemon like some deck building strategies, Dark Souls, and it was also made by the people who made Dark Souls. Like, that's that's what this game aims to be. And, like, it, like the hardware for it doesn't exist yet, but that's what it wants to be. Essentially, like, you go around, and, like, you have 
cards that you throw out on the ground, like some of them do attacks, some of them summon things, some of them summon just like abilities, some of them like heal you. Like it's 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 this entire almost like D and D style game where you get to choose what you do and choose what you're allowed to do by building the deck of these cards for each level. But also at the same time, you encounter these hideous monsters. That's the other thing too. Is like that's what I like about like Dark Soul stuff is like versus Monster Hunter is like. Sometimes Monster Hunter, like monsters are pretty. Like Dark Souls monsters are like, ew. Like, I don't want I don't want to see that. But if you could throw a card like Gambit from the X-Men at it and capture it, and then you can use that against another dragon that you encounter later, that's what Lost Kingdoms is. Like, that's what it is, is if you could actually capture the bosses from Dark Souls. And like take them with you as part of your deck, like part of thirty cards, thirty actions that you can use per level. I feel it weird saying souls like because it's not; it's Lost Kingdoms like, like it's before souls. It, it, it like it's so it's there's so much potential there. There's so much potential there, and I would just love to see this actually get a remake. So is is that what so you know you kind of like I said mentioned it's your favorite game that was unpopular with the masses more so the unpopular with the masses part so I was kind of curious is mm-hmm. is this just one that was underseen because of the GameCube or was it just RPGs or a fringe enough area of gaming and this took that and all of these elements you're discussing push it further into the fringe of the fringe and and kind of just got missed with this, or is it just something that was just ahead of its time and combining all of those things? If you put them in 2023, I think you're right. People will eat that up. I think it's a combination of everything you mentioned. Like, I mean, if you really go back to like the time when what Bloodborne came out, that was before all the Souls games, right? That was the first one. I don't know where it was first or after. I thought Dark Souls, I don't know. I feel like I thought Dark Souls was first. either way, whatever. Yeah. The first release from the like Souls. You know, franchise, nobody really saw it, right? Like, it, it took a while for it to, like, catch on, and this is before that. You know, like, this game, it, it, it simultaneously, like, this was a studio that and hadn't had that, like, Dark Souls sort of Bloodborne sort of release yet. Like, something that was, like, you know, that's their Sonic, you know? Sort of thing. Like, that's their big entry into, like, you know, video game history. And, like, was an experiment like this this rules as a concept and like it largely i think it only came out for the gamecube that that was only came out for the gamecube yeah that's what i was going to ask because the gamecube was more like the family friendly stuff when you looked at that time like if this was on playstation Mm -hmm. 2 or xbox do you think it would have it would have ruled as a playstation release yeah it doesn't fit on it doesn't fit on the gamecube it doesn't make sense that's a hundred percent. Yeah. yeah that's a, not, if you're it not had there released, with Super Mario Sunshine, Pikmin. Yeah. Uh, oh, Dark Souls uh, murder RPG game. Yeah. That doesn't, doesn't fit with that. Uh, one of these things is not like the other. And I was like a mythology kid. So it ruled for me. Just like I got to learn what main drakes were. I got to learn what like wraiths were and different things. Like it teaches you what also like different mythological beasts are and like the origins of them. And like, the game rules like the game rules there's a lot of stuff that could be improved like there's one part with like the the intro to the first village you're trying to find a dog so you're just like talking to everybody in the town and it's like i could just talk into to everybody in the town without it being like i'm about finding this dog but like i don't know 
Like, there's a lot of quality of life things that could be really fun with this game. I was just saying that, like, I feel like the game that I see in the Resident Evil 4 reboot that make me feel like they could really look at what this game, like, can be and then make it that and, like, improve upon what was already built. And... I don't know. Based on all the Dark Souls stuff, like I feel like it, like a reboot with that Dark Souls style would rule. Again, like imagine Dark Souls where you can throw a card and you capture the boss. Like you don't you don't even have to really like do a reboot of the game necessarily. Give me something in this world where you can do that. Like that's fun. Like that's stupid. Like it's stupid, but it's fun. Like I don't know. Like it's goofy. Like. I don't know. Like, I, I want to capture an 80-foot-tall spider, like, with a playing card, you know, because it got down to, like, two health or something. Well, let's continue with the GameCube here. We're going to talk about your future game you're looking forward to. Announced in 2017, and frankly, I currently listed this in the Channel 3 library as a release date of December 31st, 2111. Metroid Prime 4. <laughs> Been in development not even purgatory, it's just been in development hell for a while now. They, I think they got rid of the first developer who was there. It's all been quiet. Nintendo's been very hush-hush about it. The optimistic thing I have to say is I think this Metroid Prime re-release and remaster they did with the Switch this year is a sign that they're trying to give us a breadcrumb to not say that Metroid Prime 4 was in a really bad place, but I feel like it's not dead. I feel like they're trying to, to set the table for this thing. But anyway, yeah, I don't so- think it's gone. I, I think it's I think it's alive, but you know. So what are you what are you looking for here? Because we got what five seconds of cryptic dark video uh, and a title screen. I think that was it for this. Are you talking about like recently or over the past like no, decade? Because this thing has that, been promised for. A I, I think bit. we had the announcement in 2017 with like five seconds of video that, and Metro you're right. That is the only thing. But yeah, that is have, the only actual official bit of the content. But I would say the amount of content that has been based on that clip like everybody's just like i think it's gonna be at the next d3 like for a decade like like just for years now people have been like no uh, not a decade and now they killed e3 just so we can't even get that but it's gonna be at the next one like what i don't know when this game is gonna come out i don't know like the the thing that's made the most hope is metroid grid like honestly and just all the upgrades they've done there like it feels like almost a preview of what they would have to do in four teleport, being able to like go around different places, tracking your actual like movement in like a 3D space. Like, and I'm gonna sound like a hypocrite for saying this. It's gonna come out with the next Switch, right? Like, <laughs> it's gotta come out with the next Switch, right? Like, it's gotta come out with the sequel. Everybody's saying it, but like. That's what they it said about Tears of the Kingdom out. too. Also, though, but here we are getting ready for it. Uh, but also, they announced Breath of the Wild before the Switch, didn't they? Because it was for the Wii U. Yeah, but that was an end of life cycle thing. They were just kind of. I think they pulled the plug on the Wii U a little faster than they were going to, and had to kind of accelerate the Switch more than anything. I think that, right. that had a lot to do with it too, though. I think the hard part is like the switch has a lot of legs like the the switch has a lot of distance that it can cover and like it's not done like it's not it's done that's the problem is like people are still buying it and like do you think they're gonna go steam deck level yeah, but here's the thing 
they're not putting God of War Ragnarok on it, right? They're they're putting games that Nintendo is building they? for this. Super Mario Odyssey. I, I'm, I'm I don't mean the Steam Deck. I mean uh, the, the Steam Deck will probably get God of War Ragnarok in the next year, but it'll probably be 2K and not 4K. Yeah, but the, but the Switch like they stay in their lane. Mario Odyssey still looks good five years, six almost six years later. Breath of the Wild. That's a good thing. Is that all it their looks good? It all their games look like. Yeah. All their games look like animated movies. Like all the like Mario games look like Pixar movies. All the Kirby games look like Pixar movies. And like uh, you know, Breath of the Wild kind of looks like Miyazaki sort of stuff. But it's stay all gorgeous. That's all they gotta do. Just stay in their lane. They'll be fine. Yeah, I was just gonna say though, like uh, that Metroid Prime though. Like uh, I loved it. Like it gave me some of the best like boss battles that I think I had. And I'm hoping for the remaster of two and three. Um, I'm a little nervous that that's going to delay four. Uh, I also kind of hope that they do some sort. Nintendo is so weird because some like packages of nonsense. Like, like, am I going to get Samus's Fury? You know, like, am I going to get Ridley's Fury? Like, is it Ridley Ridley? I don't know. But like, like the Bowser's Fury game rules. And it's also just like a demo for nothing and like, but also possibly for everything. And like, I don't know. I don't know what like packages are coming out next. Old games, maybe get some updated graphics too in the, in the sort of dread style. Yeah. I don't know. I'd rather have that than Nintendo just not let those games be available at all. You know? Yeah, at least they did the they did the remaster though, which is more than they did for Mario with the 3D All Stars. They just they just slapped them together and threw it out there. So you know, there's that. <laughs> I also did love Super Mario World 3D. That's Brian's like absolute oh, favorite Mario one. game. Yeah. This is number one. I disagree because the obvious like the best Mario game is actually Super Mario 3D. It's not Super Mario 3D World. It's Super Mario 3D for the 3DS because there is nothing more tense. I will say, like there, like I, I've never felt more tense in a Mario game than the 3D thing of like actually falling off the edge of a cliff. Like as someone who actually has like, like fear of heights and stuff, like actually seeing the spatial drop of like Mario falling into nothingness, like it's it's haunting and it's awesome. And I think I hundred percented it because I like I was just like this is a panic attack in a game, and they gotta conquer it. Well, Danny, let's talk about a quest. A question from the Channel Three History Books here, and I wanted to ask you to tell us about your favorite Zelda game. Ooh, I mean, yeah, I know which one you're referring to because it is the best Zelda game. Link Between Worlds is the best Zelda game. Link Between Worlds is easily the best Zelda. That's what I wrote down, right? That Thanks. that was in fact your answer, and I want to hear about it though because it's not one that I've gotten the chance to play. I, I will say I've managed to find a copy of it recently, and it's on my 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 little stack to uh, to go after here. But tell me about why why is that why is that one your favorite? Because that's you're going into the mobiles, and the mobiles always had their own. Because some of the mobile games were developed by like Capcom subsidiaries, and they had all sorts of like third party involvement. So the 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 mobile games got a little weird sometimes. Uh, but why? You know, this is a mobile game. Oh, oh, mobile. Sorry, sorry. I was, I'm so used to mobile games thinking no, yeah, phones. Not, no, not a I'm not like, a phone no, game. Yeah, the portable. No, 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 no
I'm with you. I'm with you. Sorry. I like, I was like, eh. like, so I think it, it, if we're talking about what a Zelda game boils down to, I think that uh, a link between worlds is perfect. Like a, a link between, like if we're talking about dungeons and puzzles and like figuring out the world and figuring out the history of everything and getting acquainted with like the world itself, a link between worlds is it is an intended sequel to a link to the past, which is what most people contend that is the best like Zelda game. It's the first, a lot of people say it's the best, and that's rightfully so. Like the puzzles are are exceptional. Like and you move down a space, you move across the map. There's almost not a wasted space most of the time. And even then, like sometimes it's so you can like get to some space quicker. That think is what I love so much about A Link Between Worlds. Because it's not only one map like that. It's not only like one layer of making every space count. It's two different worlds. It's maps on top of each other. And like instead of going between two different times, it's it's two different dimensions of the same time period. And also they have this function where you're able to map yourself onto walls as like a two-dimensional figure. If people need a visual for that, look it up. Point is, is that like it it, it it takes advantage of the 3DS's like abilities without making the game like dependent on it. And it allows you to like revisit places like maybe, you know, one time, maybe like nine times times and you find like different treasures every single time because every different space like offers so many different puzzles i think that's my favorite thing is that like the whole game is a dungeon the whole game is you figuring out puzzles and like every different space is a puzzle so like i and i love breath of the wild and i love it so much i can't say that every space is a puzzle and i can't say that every puzzle is like as memorable as that game. I want to say Breath of the Wild. I want to say that because I don't want people to hate me. And also because I really love Breath of the Wild. I also like play A Link Between Worlds. Any, just listen, any Zelda game you answer is going to make some other person angry. There's no good answer in Zelda. It's going right? to said, you say Link to the Past, Oka- o- Ocarina. I'm sorry, Ray. We didn't have Ocarinas in Philadelphia. So I said Ocarina instead of Ocarina, okay? There wasn't an ocarina store on every corner, but <clears throat> that said, you say you say Link to the Past, you upset the ocarina people. You say Breath of the Wild, you upset everybody. Uh, and okay, arena. <laughs> Ray, okay, arena. All right, Ray, Danny, we, we're here. down to the we're down to the final question. What is your favorite Channel Three feature? You're allowed to say Triple Dare, by the way, but go ahead. I mean, I mean, honestly, like Triple Dare has been great. I think I think like if I'm being real, if I'm being the realist of real, like because this is the thing I kind of like have been wanting to invest in most because it like me like I'm it just makes me so happy. Like I I love the triple dare stuff. I love being able to give people XP. I love people tuning in for the pre-show and post-show stuff. But that that sounds like I'm promoting it, but it's not. I'm saying like you know after the XP is done, where it's just like people hanging out. <laughs> Like, you know, uh, just goofing around and like, I don't know. I don't know. It's been, it's been really nice getting to know everybody, especially frankly with also the choose three podcast. Like 
I've gotten to know who these people are. Like, it feels like a weird chichi. I'm not trying to sound like, uh, look at the make, like, uh, I don't want to sound like I'm like, watch me. I'm listening to you. But also, like, at the same time, I'm glad that, like, I know who the lion is. Like, I'm glad that I know who, like, Bamonte is in, and, like, I'm glad that I know who, like, you know, uh, like, uh, just all these different people. I'm glad I know who they are. And, like, I've already gotten to know them kind of in that way through text. I mean, sorry, through like Discord comments, through like interactions on the site. Anyways, getting back to the main point. My main point is that like, I, I think like the thing that I've enjoyed most is just like connecting people. Uh, sorry, is just uh, connecting with people, uh, especially again, like in those after show moments and like just having fun with folks and goofing around. I don't know. All right, and with that, we've made it to the end of another podcast. Thank you, Danny, over here. Find a podcast at c3.gg slash podcast, dropping every Wednesday morning at 3.33 a.m. on all the major platforms, including Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. I am El Ray. Dan Tucker, he runs this every single week. It's amazing that he can do this and putting it all together. Joel Willis is the executive producer. Have a good day, everybody. All right, hey, I got to step aside one moment because I have a little alarm crisis going on right now. I'll be back in one minute. Okay. Apologies. All right, I'm back. Sorry about that. Been in my house for 11 years now. We've lost power like five times maybe. And yesterday was one of those days, most because a tree took out the power lines that like, Everything's underground in my neighborhood, but coming into my neighborhood, still not. So took us out for a couple hours yesterday, and all of my alarm panels have battery backup. And apparently all those batteries have been dying <laughs> um, oh. from that, which then sets the alarm off and makes it go bonkers. So uh, at 11 o'clock at night, when everyone who's not me is asleep in the house, that's not great. So I was, I was sitting here just disarming everything from my phone and running up and kind of shutting everything down to okay. now you have to, you have to charge all your alarm things. No, I, I have to have charge to, one. I just have to change the batteries. Like it's just the battery oh, okay. backup because uh, like everything's wireless, which is also kind of annoying because every couple of years, like there's no low battery warning. It's just, Hey, your, your dining room window is going off at one in the morning because the battery's got to be changed. Like, guys, <laughs> can we get a better system here for, for that? Thanks. Meanwhile, you know, like I get up at one in the morning, I'm grabbing, uh, <laughs> frankly, a sword. <laughs> like, oh, let's do this. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'm looking. I got cameras all over the place, and I'm, I'm looking for that. Anyway, Danny, I apologize for that. I was telling Ray my uh, my power went out. I, I, I lose oh, power cool. like once every two years, and it set my it set my alarm on a delayed frenzy the last 24 hours. It's gone off a few times as various batteries have died from backup. So I apologize because. Being it's 11 o'clock no, at night, I'm the only person awake, and I wanted to stay that way. Uh, so I had to quick shut that down before it blew up. Yeah, which one, which one of you is in uh, L.A.? Who's who in the West? Nobody. Or, or there are no West nobody? Coast people okay, here. Okay, this is all East Coast. That rules. That rules. Sorry. I'm, I'm, yeah, like, I'm, I'm happy I'm, about that because it just means that all of us are, find our availability at the same time. Ray, oh, Ray, and, I, Ray and I are both transplanted at this point, but I'm from Philly. He's from Jersey, so... We're all oh, right on. that Carter. This is a great place to be. Um, are we recording again? I don't know. 
Yeah, we're good. I, n- I n- technically never stop. This will just disappear. <laughs> we will have this for later, at least, even if it's not part of the show. But you can see the board here. Again, you can see the like why compared to like the Yu-Gi-Oh arm thing. Again, I've never watched Yu-Gi-Oh, but I know that like yeah, like he has it on his arm. Point is, is that uh, I have that, but I also have this. I spent almost way too much time on this. Again, this might not make it into the podcast, but at least it'll give you interest of like what I've done. So, so is like, it color- I'm not only color- is it color coded by like, okay, this is the bass, this is the guitar, this is the vocal. Like, is that what's color coded there? So, yes and no. So, like, more often than not, yes. Sometimes there are weird special cards, but yeah, like the bass sort of thing is in green. But that's a thing too. Is like you were asking what degree of obsession I had with this. That's not the card. That's a plastic sleeve. I took every card and like put them in plastic sleeves based by the color that they had. You can see the red sleeve, red sleeve, blue sleeve. And so the blues are usually percussion. Blues are usually percussion. Greens are usually bass. Reds are usually different instruments and usually yellows are vocals. Uh, and these whites are like things that you could possibly play and it will like remix what you have in a different way. But also you have these sometimes wild cards, which aren't technically pink, but I put them in pink. They're rainbow cards that uh, will do multiple things. Like, like what's that card? If you want, what is that card in your hand? This is Rick James super freak. So if you want the vocals, the 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 uh you can see the piano and you can see the drums you see they give different symbols for the different things that they are adding to your song it onto that slot on the pad and it will take whatever whichever color you put on it whichever colors it matches with especially yeah that's the thing it's like it for some things like if you're just playing free play sometimes it will include uh well i mean frankly so if if you put one of those wild cards on here like let's say this is yellow and and red it'll play the yellow and red like audio inputs from that so we'll put vocals and the like main instrument if you want it to do like main instrument and beat you can put in the middle and it'll play main instrument and beat and like if you want it to do the bass and the beat well like these spaces are for the rainbow cards where it will like play both at once Anyways, Ray, I got I got nothing else. Then, so none, of, none of that's good for a podcast. None of that's good for a <laughs> yeah, podcast. I'm just describing visual things, but I'm just saying, like, I still learn something this today. game. I'm glad I invested in it, though, because it's like, 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 I don't know. Like, I, I, I've spent a lot of time I could send to. I mean, again, this won't be good for a podcast, but like, I've um, gathered a lot of different like controllers that are rare. Like different things that kind of have been thrown out, (laughs) like things that will only be used for one game or two. And uh, yeah, I don't know. Like it feels like this one over time is going to be kind of lost gem, but I'm glad that I have it. (laughs) 